Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. Second captain, first captain, whatever. Nice try, Italy. Very nice attempt to put us off our game in Rome on Saturday. You watched our last match against France. You saw the tears streaming down the face of Johnny Sexton during Ireland's call. You heard all about the emotional presentation in camp in the build-up. And you were damned if you were going to let Craig Bloody Doyle give Ireland another <laughs> leg up for this one. Welcome to Monday Second Captain's Podcast. Hi, Murph. Hi, si. Hey, uh, on, The Doyle slam is still on, Murph. It is, you know, uh, like like Rob the Kearney do- standing up at that meeting, <laughs> like Rob <laughs> Kearney standing up at that meeting in Mullingar in two thousand and nine. We'll, yeah. we'll, in the end, we we all know who to thank for this one. Bloody, sorry, <laughs> Owen, I'm, I'm I'm a little scared there. I actually am I'm getting quite emotional just listening to that rendition yeah, of Ireland's call. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, on, man. On the other hand, you would have to say the Italians, you know, proper order. I mean, they saw the damage that like a bit of traffic did to us on the way to a game about eight years ago when Joe Smith still <laughs> talked about it for like like six six seasons later he was still talking about the time the bus was yeah, delayed yeah. so like let's yeah. let's give this let's give this anthem a try see what happens meanwhile Andy Farrell's like yes the wrong anthem brilliant more adversity yeah love it we, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, embra- yeah. we embrace the challenge of a really really bad bad uh, playing of our of our anthem Andy Farrell might have might have actually planted that I, I did like the fact that James Ryan captain uh, decided he had to lead by continuing Almost to the bitter end. He's he's mm. the last one standing. The last one still trying to sing some words. As the rest of them have all just given up on the thing. Had absolutely say, no be, impact on performance. Yeah. No, Ireland, to, be, to be fair, the, the Italian. I don't think the Italian orchestra was on its game at all. Even for the Italian, the, the, the Italian anthems by their standards, the Italian anthem, I should say, was mm. pretty tame. I mean, there were only about four or five lads in tears. And those were the backsmurf. Sure, those lads out the back, they knocked the ball on and they're in floods, you know? <laughs> the backs. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about those lads, though. You know? Uh, you know, like, they're not exactly the mentality monsters you're looking for, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I did have to say that 
Uh, you know, when you're, when you're sitting at home on a Saturday and you're about to watch a Six Nations game, laughing like a drain for the three minutes before kickoff is not sort of the preparation you need. You know, just from a personal point of view, whatever about yeah. the Irish players being able to shrug it off. I mean, I the whole the whole uh, event was tinged with farce for like ten minutes after that anthem. I was like, what? What even musically is going on here? They kind of. Well, it was tr- just too slow. That's all it was. Wasn't it was it? too just, slow. It was too slow, they so were, they were never in tune and in, in, in sync with the lyrics. Yeah, but I, I know that there is like an ancient kind of Italian word to describe what they did to our anthem there. You know, it's not like pianoforte is is loud, is it? See if, if Ken was here, he'd be able to tell me. Either way, there's an Italian word for what the the um the, the the band did to our anthem there. It was so butchered funny. It, Murph. I don't know it if it's Italian, honestly, but they butchered it. It was so funny. And I, like I w- was really quite annoyed that none of our players just started laughing. Like I thought Craig Casey was going to laugh and then he was like, well, I haven't actually got that many caps. Maybe that might be seen as a little disrespectful. Anyone over 25 caps should have been pissing themselves <laughs> laughing at that. <laughs> yeah, Donald Lennon was in co-commentary and it's you know, it's, it's, he noted that it's not the first time rival nations have tried this. Apparently, the Scots have slowed Ireland's call down at Murrayfield in recent times. And Donald knows all about uninspiring pre-match anthems. The Irish don't have a national anthem. Instead, they're having the national, one of their national songs, the Rose of Tralee. Really gets you going that one, doesn't it? <laughs> Rose of Trudy being used as our anthem. Apparently, we had no anthem, according to the commentator. Yeah. Ireland yeah. has no anthem, so that was used in the '87 World Cup against Wales with Donald captain in the team. I was watching the footage back. Amazingly, that song is not the most ridiculous part of the pre-match ri- rituals. There's a Welsh fan who comes onto the pitch and tries to lay a leak down on the half, a very large leak down on the halfway mm. spot. Yes, I, I, he puts a leak down. He does the we're not worthy thing, you know, like mm-hmm. to the leak. He bows down to the leak. The leak just keeps falling over. <laughs> and then a toy dragon gets thrown into the mix. Listen, it was all happening pre-match. <laughs> he needed yeah, a trial on. Or yeah. a hoe or a spade. Listen, but I mean, I, I was watching that going, you know, the Aviva Stadium has a lot to learn, you know. That, so we've spent so much time in the Six Nations talking about, you know, the pre-match fanfare. What, what I loved about the 1987 Rugby World Cup was that they really did get the pre-match fanfare down to the absolute minimum. Like, pre-match <laughs> entertainment, man runs on and tries to plant a leak on halfway line. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, pluck Anthem from uh, the arse of someone's... <laughs> uh, like, like literally one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. I mean, it literally was. It was a tape that happened to be what the kit man or something happened to have it knocking yeah. around. Ireland, it thrown in Ireland is Ar- Irish music renowned worldwide for rabble-rousing... Uh, up tempo or indeed extremely down tempo uh, uh, downbeat uh, music uh, and then they decide to go with this dirge that no one knows the words of I mean really honestly <laughs> quite extraordinary have the French Simon. have the French by the way stopped throwing the cockerel onto the field uh, I haven't seen a cockerel I haven't seen in a, in a while time. that's a disappointment no. I really like it, it is yeah, yeah pre-match entertainment for friend. rugby has just gone to the dogs I'm sure there's a, like a there's a columnist in Le Keep writing uh, anguished articles about the absence of the cockerel on stad- <laughs> big Stade de France days you know there you know there is Simon. the we cancellation just... of the cockerel is yeah. the title of that 5000 <laughs> yeah. word thing piece there was a match played after all this Si yeah. and I mean you say we weren't affected we started well fair enough but we almost, we almost we almost got done there and mm. that was that was probably looking back on it now it's probably in ways what you want from a game in Rome there was it was exciting to watch 
And again, Andy Farrell got one or two more tests that we had to come through. But yeah. while it was happening, there were just a few moments where you're starting to get a little worried. This could go horribly wrong and derail the whole thing. Yeah, there's there's an extra pressure uh, when it comes to possibly losing a game against a team you just don't think you should lose to. And I thought getting a win and a bonus point away with that brand new 9, 10, 12, 13 was an achievement in itself. And if you bear in mind what a massive blow to Farrell and this whole project and our momentum a loss would have been or a draw would have been, there was like extra pressure in the middle of that game. Because we're thinking about Slam, we're thinking about being the number one team in the world, the form we had coming into it. And that Brex kick for Canone, that would have put Italy level with 10 minutes to go about, that would have been really interesting. Because yeah. Scotland were in a similar position against England in this Six Nations, and they nailed it and they scored the try and they went on to win it. And there was a similar sort of feeling there where the, the I think the slightly inferior team had a real chance to win it. But the difference was the execution at the end. But the late Hanson try involved brilliant decisions, like really good decisions under huge pressure uh, from Lowe, from Ross Byrne, from Baird, uh, from Murray, obviously. Um, and I think there was 18 phases in the attack and all. And in each phase, there was somebody doing something a little bit special in, in a sort of controlled way, you know, not, not in a like James Lowe offload sort of way, but each phase had something like either a great clear out, a pass under pressure, something impressive. And then to finish it with like a, a, a beautiful swerving, well, the, the support line and then the swerve around the fullback. Really impressive. To do that with the game kind of still in the balance makes it extra impressive. So you're feeling pretty good about it because, you know, we're yep. the number one team in the world. We all know we're going to win the World Cup. We're definitely going to win a Grand Slam. And yet for a fair period of that game, there was a chance we were going to lose to Italy. That doesn't mm. concern you at all. Um, Italy are better than they've ever been. I think including the 90s, the Diego Dominguez side, uh, they're really tough in defence now. Uh, saw some of the hits they, they put in. They've got the best players. They've got, you know, way more power. Their passing and lines of running, I think, are ahead of Wales, England, maybe even the likes of South Africa. Uh, but the biggest change is they keep coming at you. You know, they keep trying things. Even when they're behind on the scoreline, score line, on the scoreboard, their execution... It used to fall apart. If you think about when you went, say, 10 or 12 points ahead of Italy, they kind of fell apart. Their passing fell apart. But they kept coming. They, they, they're sort of, their ambition remained high for the 80 minutes, which In the prime Parise days, Parise used to, for better or worse, just take the ball and try to do everything. Mm. He'd drop back to full back. He'd be doing your know, mad stuff, like, you know, yep. which, which they probably needed, in fairness. It was, it was about the only chance, the only shot they had to fire. But yep. they do seem to have a few more strings in their bow now in terms of, it. and obviously Capuzzo, but just in general, just more of a mindset thing and a, and a skill level, it seems pretty high. Yeah, and that, that makes the Ireland achievement you know, more of a big deal. And we did similar to France late on too with the Ringrose try and Wales. We wobbled. So we've wobbled in the second half in all three games and come through with brilliant tries and brilliant execution and calm. And I know a lot of people were questioning Ross Byrne's performance. He kicked quite well. Uh, generally, like nice hands for the Keenan try and a few other times, nice hands in the final try as well. Um, he's a problem and it's always going to be there. He just has no pace so and he's no acceleration, so there's no real threat when he runs with the ball. So the defence, the Italian defence, can just move an extra man out. So there's always like extra pressure on Aki and McCluskey in that game. But I thought for all that, for all the fact that he's not a threat with the ball in hand, I thought he managed us quite well through the scary parts of that game. And mm -hmm. 
if you're going to pick one trait you want in that half, it's calm in those moments. And he's got flaws and he'll never be anything close to sex. And I don't think, but people were saying, oh, he wasn't great and he didn't do anything amazing. But I thought him staying calm in the middle of that second half was key. Yeah. What about Hugo Keenan? I thought he was, <laughs> again, <laughs> one of Ireland's best players. Yeah. And I think we now need Keenan and Ringrose to be fit for big games as much if not more than, say, Furlong and Sexton, given how well we've done in the absence of Furlong and Sexton. But if you think the difference between Ringrose and Aki, and Aki probably isn't our second choice 13 either, let's be honest, it's probably Henshaw if he's fit. He may not even be third choice. It might be Jimmy O'Brien, but uh, when you see the difference Ringrose makes and then who who's behind Keenan, and it almost, like, it's not how bad the second place person is, it's how good Keenan is. In the Six Nations stats, I was just looking, he's made 415 metres so far. Next is James Lowe, who's been playing great and scoring tries as well. He's on 337. Next after that, it's Thomas Ramos of France, a full 100 metres behind Keenan. And he's just wow. gone, he's gone, this is stating the obvious, but he's gone from being like, unbelievably reliable to being an outrageous attacking talent attacking yeah. talent while also doing his basics still really well he's kind of like um, like Gervin Dempsey mixed with Christian Cullen or something and he's doing both ends of the game that sounds to me well. like the perfect rugby player yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah. Um, yeah so yeah I mean Van der Fleer could have been man of the match as well he was another one where when Would Ireland were wobbling you just it, really yeah. know he's going to keep doing his job well and there's a comfort in that you know he's a much yeah, better true. hairline than either Gervin Dempsey or Christian Cullen though let's be honest <laughs> the Scots guys the Scots mm. they almost did it they didn't do it but will they do it against us I had a friend texting me early, quite early on in, the, in this Six Nations mm. saying I've just got a bad feeling Scotland are going to beat us in one of the two games so maybe, the World Cup maybe or Six it should Nations. just be mm. the Six Nations and then uh, don't knock us out of the World Cup at the group stage yeah, but yeah. I don't know they were, they were good they were good in, in, look, listen I know they lost but um, in sort of weird circumstances they made a good game of it against France yeah and do we judge them on coming back from 19-0 down to make a game of it or do we judge them on how they played for the final 10 minutes after the Finn Russell try when they knew they had the winning of it they had the momentum and then didn't play very well now I know France kind of upped the tempo at that stage but also felt the Scots their mm. worst 10 minutes no actually the, the opening was their worst but I, they, they really dropped off at the point at which the game was there for the winning which Hence that little mental glitch still being there. Yeah, but so do you think then, how are you feeling about the, the Ireland-Scotland game? I think they'd be Scotland really dangerous. Ireland. I think the mid re, midfield of Russell, Tui Pilato and Hugh Jones is the best midfield they've ever had. It's, well, depending on who's fit for Ireland, it might be the best midfield in the championship. I think it's better than France's even, as well as Fiku played. Um, just as an attacking trio, um, they're going to they're going to score tries against us. There's no doubt about it. But Ireland going to score tries too. You wonder how wild it'll be. Like the first half of the Ireland Italy game was like a sevens game. It really was. Like even if you think of the intercept at the end, felt kind of sevensy. The way yeah. Aki was just constantly getting his hands free. It just felt like the off. There was eight line breaks in the first ten minutes of Ireland Italy, which is like a game's worth. Really, there's plenty of games where you don't get eight line breaks. And I just wonder how wild Ireland will want it to be. Or do we go a little bit like those final 18 phases against Italy, where actually we went straight and up the middle a bit more and you just saw Doris carrying past people and James Ryan just carried straight as well. Do, do we do that a little bit more? I mean, the Scottish front five has improved immeasurably, but it's still not as good, not as skillful, not as powerful as Ireland's. 
Thoughts of Shane Horgan on the way tomorrow, but only if you're signed up to the Second Captain's World Service on secondcaptains.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Eighteen fifty seven one five eight one five. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Lion Line. Five one double five one is our text number, and Joe at rt.ie from wherever you are in the world. Ken, good afternoon. How are you? You saw it. What happened? I mean, I actually was abused by a Dane as well. Mm-hmm. The night before. Go ahead. I was, I was, I was having uh, dinner after the, 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 you know, we finished our work or whatever on Friday, went into town, we were, we were sitting in a restaurant. Uh, you were a journalist. Uh, and uh, Myself mm-hmm. and three other journalists. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, we were, it turned out we were all looking at our phones simultaneously. Mm-hmm. We were waiting in the bill or something. Mm-hmm. And this Danish guy mm-hmm. staggered up from behind, sort of mm-hmm. suddenly leaned over the table and he goes, Go ahead. Is there a Wi-Fi? Is there a Wi-Fi in here? The whole thing, say, um, Ken, the whole thing is, is getting more and more bizarre. You, you didn't do it. Did you, did you report that to the FAI or anything? We were like... Uh, actually, we're just on the three G. Mm-hmm. Before we could finish explaining, we weren't actually on the Wi Fi. He goes, "Wi Fi wankers, you're all Wi Fi wankers." Did he write because, this himself? Did he, we compo- were, sorry, did he compose this line himself? You know, he all he'd seen was for. I, I don't know how he knew we were Irish, but he he knew. Wi Fi wankers, you're all Wi Fi wankers. We got a lot of reaction into the chat we had last Friday in the World Service with Maliki Clerken and Lawrence Donegan about Full Swing, the new Netflix golf series. Holtz is definitely a, a character in the golf space. He's someone that isn't scared to kind of push the envelope a little bit. Ponderous, turgid, banal, uneventful muck, says David O'Sullivan. <laughs> and that's Hopefully just a talking podcast. About Pulse. That's exactly <laughs> it, Murph. I was going to ask David, I was going to get back to him and ask him, is he talking about the, the chat or the podcast? And I, don't answer that, David. Do not <laughs> ponderous. Uh, ponderous. Ponderous is a great way yeah, to describe it. Ponderous is great. Uh, I mean, on the other hand, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a Netflix eight-part series about a golf tour. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> ponderous. You're you're basically signing up for ponderous. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. David Sheedy couldn't get through the first episode, which is similar to Ken. Yep. Ken got through, I think, 10 minutes of Spieth and Justin Thomas on a on a plane playing cards. JP McCarthy says, brutal. Ken on Gogglebox would be the only way I'd watch such a show. I would, I'd second that one. I certainly watched it that way, JP. Tiger Roars describes it as the greatest example of spoiled brats. Shouldn't be giving a second of your life to watch that rubbish. Well, we give it a full hour on the podcast and now another five minutes here. Uh, <laughs> I think I like Neil says Brutal Bar episode eight with Rory, which is interesting because that was Lawrence Donegan's least favorite episode. He's always the first. Always. Tiger. Like he's like he'll text you like before the last putt drops. Always the first. He's unreal. 
<laughs> oh, the look in Rory's eyes just something we can't convey but it's a it's a beautiful thing to behold and perhaps most cutting Colin Brogan says not great at all again not sure if he's not meant the conversation mm. or the series itself Either you see this way. is why I don't like hearing too much about a show we've talked about this Murph before I watch it myself imagine having those words ringing in our ears before we reviewed it ourselves and gave yeah. it a 7 out of 10 there is some good stuff in there there's good stuff on the Live Golf PGA Tour dynamic there's some I know the as Lauren said, the Rory episode is basically an infomercial for the mm. saviour of golf. But there are still some nice behind the scenes bits of him scheming with the PGA Tour bigwigs. There's Dustin Johnson giving the possibly one and only bullshit free explanation I've heard so far of why the live golfer is defected. Mm. And what he says is more money, less work. <laughs> uh, there's Brooke, Brooks Kepka's battle with self-confidence. Joel Damon, somebody has to be the 70th best golfer in the world. Um. It wasn't that bad, was it? Owen, if you had read all of those reviews, you'd have put it up there with The Godfather. Uh, you know, uh, I'd have gone the other uh, way. Ex- yeah, expectation yeah, yeah. management would have been uh, just so horribly skewed for you that you would have presumed that this is actually the best thing I've ever seen. That's the other issue with reading things in advance. Yeah, you overreact one way or the other. Yeah. So if someone tells you something's awful, you sometimes tend to yeah. hype it up more. Uh, listen, like if you're telling me that the documentary is full of spoiled brats who earn way too much money for hitting a small <laughs> ball around the field, well, then I'm not going to argue the, the toss with you there. Like I, I agree 100%. Um, but if you're saying that a sport that I actually watch quite a bit of, uh, did I learn more about the uh, inside world of the PGA Tour, both uh, of the best players in the world and then also of, like, for me, the best episode in the thing is about the, as you say, that someone has to be the 70th best golfer in the PGA Tour. Mm. Um, did I learn a little bit more about, the, even like even the episodes I didn't like, say the... The, the one about the rookies, uh, which didn't just just didn't take off at all, really. I mean, I still got an idea of what it was. I still I still learned something from it, even though I didn't enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it just there depends on... There are a lot of TV programmes out there, though. If we're telling somebody that you won't enjoy this, but you might learn something from it. <laughs> that's oh, a, no, I enjoyed it as not, well. Yeah, I enjoyed okay, it. Yeah. Watch you know, the Brooks I'm, Kepka episode. Yeah, yeah I mean, like I, there, there are no spoilers in this. You know, you can just you you can watch a couple of episodes, and you're not going to be you know. If, do you know if what? You're... I'd nearly advise skip the first episode. Yeah, Maybe do. start with Brooks Kepka. Yeah, just yeah. do it the way that apparently the makers wanted to do originally, but were told not to do it that way because the Kepka episode was too dark. This is, I think, Lawrence yeah. or Malady, mm. one of the lads, told us this last week. I mean. You know, it's, it's dark in a PGA Tour golf documentary. <laughs> not it's dark not, at all. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's you'll my be wall, okay. My, my right wallet's too small for my fifties, and my diamond shoe, my diamond golf shoes are too tight. <laughs> yeah. Skip, skip straight on to the Kepka. Start with Kepka. Just do it like Ulysses. You know, dip yeah. in and out. Yeah. Go start with episode seven if you want, and then just alpha male's world falling apart. Mm. Yeah, that's that, that's Brooks. the Kepka one, which is pretty good. But yes, I do accept you don't have to look too hard to find cringy clips of these guys. Fresh color palette to it for sure. Wanted to get your take on pairing that with Olive. I don't know, I don't know about that. All right. It's just, I don't think it's my style. I think it's your style. It's hard to work in the green with the with this color palette. For sure. If I, if I really wanted to wear the green pants, yeah. I'd be like, I want to white, I'd wear a white shirt. We'll come back and, and revisit how we want to do the pants line. Yeah, it's just Colin Marikawa in a meeting with Adidas people. 
as <laughs> talking about his pants. apparel. <laughs> oh, the Adidas guys just looking, they're all sitting there so solemnly pretending mm. to take the opinion seriously is just <laughs> remarkable. That was one of Lawrence Donegan's favourite clips in, in the whole thing. I'm sticking with 7 out of 10, Murph. I don't care. Yeah, I'm sticking with listen, 7. Ken, Ken's giving it we're 0, li- but he only watched yeah, 10 minutes. We're not Lakeep here. You know, 7 out of 10 yeah. means I don't, I don't feel like I totally wasted my time. It's a Lakeep, it's a Lakeep 4. It's a yeah, Lakeep 4. It's a, a McDevitt 7. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, about yeah. right. That's fair. Okay, thanks anyway, for more, listening. More full swing today. chat tomorrow and Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. We should have done it episode by episode. We should have done a full week, a full swing week. Yeah. Oh, that would have been the way to do it. The a Mara real opportunity lost, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for listening today. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen, and thank you very much, Simon. Uh, thanks, Murph. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for listening. Full rugby show on the way tomorrow. To hear it and to hear all episodes ad-free, you got to sign up to the Second Captain's World Service on secondcaptains.com for five euro a month plus VAT. And of course, the Second Captain's podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Network! What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. Never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.